Hey everyone, this is C.G. Townsend, founder of Balance Not Busy, a space for go-getters who need rest. I'm also the host of the Being Balanced podcast, and we are kicking off season two today. And I can't think of a better person than Les Alfred to get us started in this new year. I had a great conversation with Les. We talked about being a balanced Black girl and what that really means. And what I loved about our discussion was how she did a deep dive into identifying her needs first. We talked about the direct alignment between your needs and how she defines balance. We covered journaling, the ability to slow down and not just slow down, but communicate to loved ones that you need to slow down. And then we also went in a little bit on the stigmas of therapy. So pull out your paper, pull out a pen, get ready, because you are going to pick up so many great gems from this conversation. Hey y'all, I'm C.G. Townsend, your host of the Being Balanced podcast, a space full of ways to help you stop the glorification of busyness. We're talking aha moments, must-have resources, real-life wins, and small shifts that lead to incredible impact. Hey friends, welcome back to the Being Balanced podcast. I'm CG Townsend, your host, and I am super excited for you all to learn more about being a balanced Black girl from Les Alfred. If you would, tell us a little bit more about you. Hi, CG. Thank you so much for having me. So my name is Les, and I am the host of Balanced Black Girl podcast. Um, And really through Balanced Black Girl, I like to facilitate conversations that help my listeners feel their healthiest selves. So I interview Black women in wellness about various areas of expertise, be it physical health, emotional health, relationships, finances, um, hoping to create a community where I can share their knowledge. And that's so awesome and honestly so needed. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, How did you decide that this was a space and a community that you needed to grow and be a part of? Yeah, you know, honestly, for me, I felt like I wanted to see it and I just didn't see it in a way that was being done how I would like to see it be done. Um, I, I was definitely part of the consumer that I was targeting. And I just, I didn't, I didn't see community and conversations that were really what I wanted to listen to or that I truly felt represented by. And so I thought, well, why don't I create? Which, I mean, that's something that so many of us, you know, we want to do just that, you know, we, we find that there are oftentimes not the platforms that we need personally to kind of motivate and inspire us and speak to us. And so high five to you for even just creating the space and and being so um, diligent and intentional about it. You know, one thing that I like to ask every guest on the show is how do you personally define balance? Yeah, so for me, balance means that I am in touch with what my needs are in that moment and that I'm able to kind of give myself what I need when I need it. So during some times I may have really high energy and can go for weeks and be in work mode and there can be 
the other times where I really need to recharge and recover and I scale back and I focus a bit more on taking care of myself. But it's really about being able to identify what my needs are and being able to fulfill those needs for myself. And so many people want to be able to identify those needs. Are there any like tactics or ways that you go about really knowing and understanding thyself? Like how do you how do you figure out what those needs are? That's a really great question. You know, a few things that have been really helpful for me are journaling. So I'm a huge advocate of journaling. I try to do it daily. Um, I found that by putting my feelings on paper in writing, sometimes it's a lot easier to articulate than it is verbally. Um, So I like to go through either a series of questions of what am I dealing with right now? What's on my heart? What am I grateful for? What am I struggling with? And I find that writing things down, I can sometimes uncover um, things that are uh, harder for me to articulate verbally. I also find that slowing down gives us the space to be able to identify what our needs are. It can be really easy to go, go, go. And when we're constantly on the go or constantly doing all of the things, it can be really hard to identify what our needs are because we're not really listening to what our mind and body are telling us. Um, And then another thing that's been really helpful for me, especially recently, is therapy. Um, Being able to go to therapy, talk to a therapist about either things that have happened in my life and how I'm feeling has really helped me be able to understand my emotions better, to understand situations I've been through better, and have helped me come up with better solutions to deal with things. Yeah. You know, I would love to actually just dive a little bit deeper because I think that all three of those are really, really great ways to be in touch with yourself. And you mentioned first journaling. So I am familiar with your podcast and I'm a listener myself. So I know that you are about a month in to your journaling challenge. Um, Would love to know about that community and that space. Do you find that folks doing it together helps them kind of like initiate the process? Yeah. So just for kind of context um, for your listeners who may not be familiar with me, back in January, I hosted a 21-day journaling challenge. And really the intention behind that was to take a more kind of relaxed approach to getting clear on who we are and what we want in the new year. I think sometimes we can tend to go really hard on the new year goal setting, which can be amazing if that's where you're at. If you feel like really diligent goals and intentions is what serves you. And there are some times where that doesn't really serve us and just kind of getting in touch with our feelings, getting in touch with what went well the year before, what didn't, and and getting a little bit clear on just how we want to feel in the moment um, can be a different approach. And so the the intention behind the journaling challenge was just to facilitate those conversations for some of my listeners. Um, And I do think it really helped doing things like that in a community. I think it provides accountability. Um, The challenge itself was 21 days long because I was coming up with 21 days of prompts and I had people emailing me saying can you just continue this I really like it and I was like I'm so glad it's helpful for you I don't know if I can come up with like 365 prompts Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of a lot but we'll do this again another time Um, so I do think it it does help to provide that external accountability I would have a lot of people sharing on social and, and tagging others so I think that that does help because sometimes when we're just doing things on our own, it can be hard to either keep up a habit or to kind of have that motivation to continue. 
And in your own personal journaling journey, have you noticed that there are trends or certain seasons of your life that seem to kind of repeat themselves just in what you're kind of capturing as you write it down and visualize it? Yeah, definitely. You know, I would say over the past couple of years, something that I really have been working on is just being able to better understand how I relate to other people. Um, I would say my personal relationships are just a really challenging area of my life and something that I'm constantly trying to (laughs) figure out how to be better at. Um, And so for me, I really like using journaling to reflect on things that have happened in my life and, and things that have impacted me when it comes to connecting with others and why I struggle with that so much. So it's really helped me to be able to just free flow and reflect on things that have happened in my life in that area. Yeah, which is awesome. It's really, really good. One other thing that you mentioned as we kind of had this conversation about being in touch with self, um, slowing down Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the hustle and bustle, go, 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 go. And just one way to kind of just reconnect with yourself um, is to just sit still, you know, like just pause on a lot of different things that you may have going on. Can you share with us how you've been able to communicate that? Um, I think that a lot of people know that they should slow down. They feel like they know how to slow down. But then how are we sharing that with family and friends or people that we're around and share space with? Yeah, such a good question. This is something that I'm definitely still working on and that I'm uh, it's a muscle that I'm constantly strengthening. But I think I've learned that I have to say no to things that are happening at my expense. And I have had some situations recently um, where, you know, I will have people in my life that I love dearly. want to visit me. So just for context, I am originally from Seattle. I moved from Seattle to Los Angeles last year, which has been a really great move, but it's just been really eventful. And I have not necessarily had the time and space to settle into my new home that I would have liked and that knowing myself is really important to me. And I've had like a rotating door of visitors since I've moved uh, of people in my life wanting to kind of escape the gloom and, and come down to a sunny place. But what I've learned after my first couple of visitors is that's actually very, very draining to me. I just am someone that gets really overwhelmed with the pressure of hosting people. I get really overwhelmed Mm -hmm. of having people in my space and I kept trying it. I kept letting people come down here and stay with me and I kept getting just super overwhelmed and anxious. And I very recently had to say to a friend who wanted to kind of do the same and just kind of pop up uh, (laughs) down here (laughs) because she needed to get away. And I was like, I love you dearly. If you come down here, I would love to get together but I just cannot host you. That is just not something that I'm able to do right now. So if you make other arrangements and you come down here, I would love to see you and spend time with you. But me being the host is just not something I can do Um, because I knew that like me hosting her getaway would happen at my expense. Mm -hmm. And so she was super understanding when I explained to her, you know, why it was 
Um, I think I sometimes see that expression where it's like, no is a full sentence and you don't owe anybody an explanation. And I think in some certain, in some instances that can be totally true. Um, if it's a point where we're saying no, because we feel like we need to justify our no. But sometimes when there are people in your life that you really care about, just saying no and just cutting them off, like, isn't, isn't necessarily a nice thing to do. And with, with people you love, it is okay to give an explanation. And it doesn't mean that you're watering down your no, but it just means that you're explaining to them where you're coming from so that they can also support you. Um, And so I found that saying no and giving a really thoughtful explanation as to, you know, I can't do this for you because it will literally deplete me um, has, has been effective. Yeah, that's so good when you just said, like, don't don't think that no is a complete sentence for like the people that you care about or love. Like there's more to it. Um, And oftentimes when people give that level of advice, they're not thinking about all the different situations and scenarios. And so it's just so general and not specific. And and people can get kind of caught up in you know, that generalization of how to handle all situations. So I'm so grateful that you kind of pointed that out. It literally gave me goosebumps because I I am forever telling people to say maybe not right now Mm -hmm. or, you know, to give some type of alternative versus just a hardcore no, Mm -hmm. um, depending on the situation. And then lastly, you brought up therapy and I think that right now, especially in the African-American community, and then even more specifically, you know, from a black girl perspective, therapy is kind of like the thing to do right now. Whereas in the past, it was extremely cliche um, and, and not really kind of an accepted what what recommendations would you give to someone that's like, I know I need therapy, but my grandmother always said, you know, go to church versus going to talk to a stranger or I don't know how to go about finding the right therapist for me. Do you have any thoughts or insight on either one of those areas, like the barriers in the community and or how to find a person? Definitely. I think There are a lot of misconceptions around what therapy is and what therapy has to look like. I think that there are also a lot of stigmas around conversations around mental health. So for people who do have mental health disorders and considerations, there's a lot of stigma around how they live and, and, you know, what that looks like. And I also think that there's a lot of stigmas around if you go to therapy, that means that there is something wrong with you or that you do have, you know, a mental illness and None of those things are true. There are so many people living with mental illnesses who, when they have the treatment that they need, are able to really manage things and thrive. And also, if you do not have a mental illness and you go to therapy, that does not necessarily mean that it's implied that you you have those considerations. So I think it's really a lot of um, just education as, as around overcoming those stigmas. I think that. I 
I've had kind of mixed experiences with dealing with those stigmas. Um, I've definitely had you know, people that I know in my life who have been really weary of therapy and, and do kind of follow the more kind of old school, pray it away. And I've also had people in my life who are very kind of pro-therapy and, and helped kind of sh- shatter those, those stigmas. Um, and I think that, you know, we don't have to live in absolutes. You can absolutely be mm. a person of faith and still go talk to somebody if, if that's what you need to, to help you kind of sort through your feelings. You know, it doesn't have to be one or the other. All of these things can exist uh, when it comes to kind of cultivating a healthy heart and a healthy mind. And so I think you really have to do what's best for you. I have found, and this is just my personal opinion and experience, that a lot of people that are close to me in my life, you know, I have incredible people in my life, incredible friends, incredible family, but there are just some problems that I don't like talking to them about because mm-hmm. they, they don't really do a good job of just listening and just holding space. Um, they immediately jump into solution mode. And sometimes I feel like when we are talking to loved ones and we're jumping into solution mode immediately instead of just kind of listening and holding space for them. Sometimes that's more so about the person who's just trying to offer the solution and fix it than it is about the person who's mm. coming to you with the problem. You Absolutely. feel uncomfortable hearing people's problems. So we just want to tell them what to do to just hear, fix it. And we don't even fully know the problem because we're not listening to them. And so I found that kind of separating my personal relationships from that and working with licensed professionals who are able to really help me in that area more effectively than, you know, just a friend or just my parents or whatever, for me is very, very helpful. Um, I think in terms of finding a therapist, first, there's there's a lot of different options when it comes to therapy. And I feel really fortunate that on my podcast, I've been able to talk to a lot of different Black women um, therapists who practice all different kinds of therapy. So we have this idea that therapy is where you just go lay on a couch and tell a stranger all your problems. And talk therapy can be very effective, but there's so many different types of therapy. There is like dance movement psychotherapy. There is DR. There is sandbox therapy. There is art therapy where you don't necessarily have to just talk and spell out your problems, but you can move through your feelings with dance. You can move through your feelings with art. Um, And so there's just so many different options out there that I think a lot of people don't know about in terms Mm -hmm. of finding therapists. uh, There are also some really great resources out there. There is like the Therapy for Black Girls directory, which is really helpful for finding Black women therapists all over the country. There is the Psychology Today directory, uh, where you can pretty much find a therapist like anywhere, filter for your location, for your health insurance, for whatever consideration you have. Um, so I, I would recommend checking out some of those resources for finding therapists in your area. But I think ultimately what comes down to it when it comes to overcoming that stigma is that you have to do what's what's right for you. And if just praying things away worked for grandma, that's super great that that worked for her. But at the end of the day, she's not living your life. And so if her advice isn't what you need, it's okay to do what you need. Wow, that's that's awesome. And thank you so much for sharing um, the resource therapy for black girls. Um, I'm a little bit familiar more so from an Instagram standpoint, but I love to hear that they have a directory. So definitely for those that of you that are out there listening, write that one down and use that as a resource if it's something that you've been looking for. 
for sure. Um, shifting gears a little bit, because I know that you are a reader um, and that you have created another, you know, space and community for people to check out books to read and learn more um, about both Black authors, but also just different books that will help them succeed in life, you know, and thrive. So would love to know what you're personally reading right now. Yeah, great question. Right now, I have like multiple books going at a time. <laughs> I see the two main books that I'm reading right now um, are Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson, which I think a lot of people are familiar with right now because it recently came out as a movie, um, which is just a really fantastic read about our criminal justice system. Um, and then I am also reading a book called Attached, and the author's name is blinking me right now. I have the book, but it's like across the room, and so I'll I'll think of it later. Um, but it's about <laughs> relationships and attachment styles and communication in relationships. So those are two books that I'm reading currently. I just finished uh, Vibrate Higher Daily by Leila Delia, which was a really great read. Um, it was kind of the most recent balanced black girl book pick. Um, so yeah, I've always got like a couple of books going at once. And do you typically, you know, you mentioned the um, Balanced Black Girl book group. Do you typically read a book and then suggest it for folks or are you reading it alongside um, more of a community aspect? I've done it both ways. It kind of depends on what the pick is at the time. Um, I will say usually I'm reading it alongside folks, but there have been a few times where I have already read a book and then kind of made a recommendation out of it. Gotcha. And you mentioned multiple books. So would love to know how you're finding the time um, to read so many books at one time. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great question, because for me right now, time management is a really big focus in my life. I will say time management is something that ever since I was young, I have always really struggled with. Um, but, you know, I at the beginning of the year did kind of an audit with how I was spending my time. I was looking at, you know, the iPhone has the settings where it'll show you how much time you're spending on certain apps. Uh, I was looking at, even for my nine to five, like how much time it was taking me to get my work done with Balanced Black Girl, how much time it was getting, it was taking for me to get my work done. And I realized that I was busy, not because I had a lot of things to do. I mean, I, I do have like a lot of things to do. As I said, I work full time and do Balanced Black Girl and all of that, which is kind of a lot, but that I I was getting very easily distracted, spending a ton of time on my phone, which was making how much time I was taking everything take a lot longer. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've started really focusing on becoming more intentional with spending time off of my phone. And I found that when I stopped spending as much time on my phone, I like magically had all of this time to spend on other things. I've always, I've also always been a really big morning routine person. So I will say I do tend to get a lot of reading done in the morning uh, because I do like to wake up early in the morning and I do tend to get a lot of reading done there. But I did find that when I kind of did that time audit for myself and looked at how much time I was spending in various places, I actually found that I had a lot more time to read and take care of myself than I thought I did. And do you find that reading in the morning helps to kind of retain that information? I know for me personally, when I was reading at night before bed, I was just so tired that the next morning I'd wake up and I felt like I hadn't read anything. So 
I had to find like specific reading times. Did, did you find that it helped to read in the morning versus another day part? That's a great question. You know, hopefully I don't make myself sound like dumb. I really struggle to retain information either way. It doesn't matter. I I have a very hard time retaining information. So I find I'm kind of that person who tends to like highlight and reference back to things because Mm -hmm. retaining information for me is just kind of a struggle no matter what time. I do think though, reading in the morning, I tend to get more reading in because if I did, if I saved all my reading at night, I would find that I would get through a couple of pages and I would be asleep before I know it versus reading in the morning when I'm a little bit more awake, I'm able to read a little bit more, but retaining is always a struggle. Uh, We'd love to know what's on the horizon and how we can stay in contact with you and any other things that you might want to share. Thank you. Yes. So, Uh, more episodes of Balanced Black Girl. I run it on a continuous basis. I don't really do seasons. um, So it's just constantly coming out, which means I'm constantly working on it and putting out new content. So every other Tuesday on your favorite podcasting apps, we have new episodes of Balanced Black Girl. Um, This year, really hoping to put out more kind of community offerings. Not fully sure what that's going to look like yet. Um, but hoping to get some more kind of in real life experiences for folks who are a part of the community. But really the podcast is the mothership. So uh, new episodes every other Tuesday is, is really the big thing. That's awesome. Um, And love what you have going on with community. I know you mentioned a few like Facebook groups and I don't know if you're going to keep the journaling um, challenge since the 21 days has ended, but is there a way that people can still join the groups or do you open them at certain times? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I can give you a link to uh, where people can sign up for the newsletter because that is usually where we give out information. Um, So right now, yes, the journaling challenge has concluded, but we will have more to begin with. And and folks who are on the email list are usually the first to find out. So I believe the website for that is balanceblackgirl.com slash subscribe. um, And that is where folks can sign up for the newsletter and stay in the know about things that are happening. And friends, we will leave all of these links in the show notes so that you can quickly access them and just find out how to plug in and find out more information about what's going on with the Balanced Black Girl. So Les, thank you so, so much um, for joining us today. I love your three kind of ways that you look to stay grounded and, you know, just kind of keep yourself on an even kill with journaling and being intentional about slowing down and then just being really thoughtful um, about doing what works best for you um, in your particular season of life. And it sounds like therapy is one of those things. So I'm super grateful to have you on the show and love what you're doing in the space and so, so excited to continue to support you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.